Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand just a little more about how the other side thinks. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Skyway gives you context from former contracting officers, just-in-time training in the government market, and consulting to solve your unique puzzles. Visit askskyway.com to learn more and see if you're a fit. Today's episode is an encore presentation of a very early podcast episode. In this one, Kevin and I talk about how much time should industry be given and how much time do they need to prepare proposals and how do you know how much? Let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about proposal schedules, specifically how much time does industry need to prepare a proposal? As a contracting officer, you give them 30 days, you give them 45 days. What exactly do they need? How much, what are they doing with that time? What is actually happening in the background? And is too much time, too little time, the impact. So that's yep. what we're going to go over today. So back in the time zone podcast, we covered more of the specifics about what does industry do with the time allotted to them. Today is how do you decide how much time they need? Of course, we're going to start with what the FAR says you have to give industry if you're a contracting officer. And as always, we're going to talk about why it's important to government and why it's important to industry. So there's really two parts with this to start. There's the synopsis and the RFP. So the synopsis basically says, and the synopsis, for those of you who are reading along in the FAR, this is in FAR 5.2, and the synopsis basically says that the contracting officer must notify industry or the people who would be bidding of an upcoming solicitation 15 days before the proposed action or sole source action. So that's 5.2 or 3. And and notify means FedBizOps is where you post it, right? Correct. It says GPE, which is the government point of entry, I think they call that. But yeah, for all intents and purposes, they're referring to the FBO. Of course, there's exceptions to the 15 days. My, my favorite and part of it from my, my history is that it, for national security purposes, you don't have to post it. So if you're doing something extremely classified, you don't put it on Fed biz hops for everyone to see, right? And the other part of this is that you have to notify if you're doing a sole source contract. So go back to podcast number 17 about the JNA. And we talked about how you have to Say, hey, industry, we're going to set this aside as a sole source contract. Can you do it? Well, this is where that applies yeah. as well. So or if it's commercial, if it's FAR Part 12, it can be shorter, right? Correct. And that's that's one of the fun things about FAR Part 12. That's a whole other podcast, but it allows you to shorten a lot of things, including the synopsis and including the amount of time that it, the uh, offers have to respond. You can shorten it from a lot of the numbers we talk about today. The numbers we're talking about today are – Again, 90% of the time, things that are going to be mostly in FAR Part 15, things are going to be mostly above the simplified acquisition procedures. So think bigger long-term contracts. That's where most of the stuff comes from. But the idea here is to give everybody a, a clearer understanding of how much time does, does a company actually need. All right. So synopsis, general rule, 15 days. Now the RFP. You release the RFP. The, and the RFP? Is if it's over twenty five thousand dollars, if the, the expected requirement is over twenty five thousand dollars, and again that's in five two or three Bravo, if you want to go look it up, is this is the this is where it gets kind of more fuzzy. There's things like should for so for example, it says the sh- the CO should consider the circumstances of the individual action, complexity, commerciality, availability, urgency, when they establish the response time. So in other words, the thinking the thinking part of contracting just started. Okay, how much time do we give them? We we 
can't, if it's over, okay, if it's over uh, $150,000 and it's R&D, for example, you give them 45 days. That's what far, the FAR says. If it's under the simplified acquisition procedures or for that matter, over them, it's over 150,000, 30 days is kind of the standard. But you can decide, well, based on some, the fact that this is brand new, we haven't put a draft RFP out, we didn't do an RFI, we're gonna get lots of questions. You, you may wanna make it 60 days. Or if you did an RFI and a draft RFP, then you probably would do perfectly fine with 30 days. So that's part of the thinking that's happening now. But the short answer is 30 days is kind of the expected standard per the FAR if it's not R&D, not research and development. If it is research, research and development, then it's 45 days. So now you know industry why things don't go as fast as you might expect. We've already built 45 days into the process, so a month and a half in the acquisition process, just synopsizing it and getting proposals in. So I want to talk about it, the, the thinking part, like you said. The, what what should the CO consider uh, when specifics on complexity, commerciality, availability, urgency? So this is where the the type of the acquisition matters. So if you're buying a commodity, this generally means less time to get a, a proposal in. So if it's something that exists in the world and industry already makes, it should be pretty easy for them to put a proposal together. If it's some kind of custom application of a of something that exists, if they have to do something to it or design something different in order to, to meet your needs, they might need more time. If you're talking a complex system acquisition, this means lots of time. So 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. How long does it take to write a proposal for an F-35? Could take a long time, <laughs> but you can cut that back. If you had a really well-defined RFI phase, draft RFP, lots of industry collaboration along the way. Industry has been writing their proposal since the, the RFI stage and has a lot of it already put together. They're just waiting for the final RFP to see what's changed from what you've told them before. So you kind of have to build that into your decision as well, is how, how much information have you shared prior to it? If you haven't shared any information prior to the synopsis, you got to recognize that, that industry is not as ready as if you've had a lot of communication. Another thing to consider is, is it a commercial catalog priced type of item that you're buying or, and this is more on the commodity side, or is it something that the contractors need to do a complete cost buildup in order to give you a price? So if the price is already established, less time is needed for the pricing piece of it as a general rule, of course. If you are requiring certified cost and pricing data, that takes more time for contractors to not only not only put together all the data, but conduct the sweeps that are required to make sure that it all is complete, accurate, current cost data. So an example of the two extremes that, that you're talking about here is on, on one end, you have completely commercial product. Say it's a, just, it's a software application that you can just buy. And you know that several companies make it. And so you put out a synopsis for, for two weeks. And it's commercial. It's FAR Part 12. Okay, so for, for, two, for 15 days, the synopsis is out. And you tell them in the synopsis, this is commercial. All you're doing is giving me a price. I know what the, what the capabilities of the market are. There's not a whole lot. This is a commercial item. I can go and buy at Staples if I wanted to, right? So you give them seven days to write the, give you the proposal or, or less if you want. That's a lot, lot less than the 30, but the, but the commercial allows you for that. So you could end up with as, as little as, honestly, as little as 20 days probably if you wanted to because it's just it's just – basically a price quote based on what you know is actually out there. And you gave them enough notice through the synopsis. 
The other end of the spectrum is the certified cost and pricing data you talk about, where even if you do a lot of prep and draft RFP and all those kind of things, and you give them 15 days of uh, synopsis time, you're still going to need to give them 30, maybe 45 days to put together, you know, a six, seven, eight, nine digit proposal that has so much cost in, in moving parts. So right. I got to drop my pricing pet peeve here. If, <laughs> if you ask industry to use your government supplied pricing template for something, they need more time. And this is something that I did not understand. And I was guilty of myself, but having spent some time on the industry side, I've filled out many government pricing templates, and what that means is that industry has to price it twice because they're not going to use a government-supplied template to develop the price. They don't know how it works, and they don't trust it. Industry have their own pricing models, and they have to build the price using their model that they know and understand. Then they have to shoehorn that stuff into the government's pricing template and try to make it work. So don't think that you're making it easier on industry contracting officers you may you may be making it easier on yourself by being able to look at pricing the exact same way for every offer but you're building in more chances for for mistakes in the in the pricing and and uncertainties in the pricing because industry's literally doing it twice yeah this is one of those things that i i as a contracting officer i thought i was saving industry time yeah, totally. <laughs> it's, 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 this is one of those moments where looking back, wow, we wish we had known. So that's yeah. why we're sharing. So, <laughs> good point. Hard cut here from my uh, pet peeves and get on to <laughs> why does industry need more time or less time? And this goes to as a, as a contracting officer, how much information do you need? How long has industry had to think about it? Like we were talking about how much, how much pre RFP communication have you have? How much is industry quoting you a something that exists versus creating a price, building it up? And the biggest piece of this is on the government side, if you don't know how long, if you don't have an idea of how long it should take, you should ask. When in doubt, ask industry, how long do you think? Yeah, and this is one of those that it may be less than you think, or it may be more. And of course, you know, the, the, I can hear the cynics in the room saying, oh, you're going to get lots of different answers. Well, remember, this is a thinking job. So, yes, you're going to get lots of different answers, and you, you have to kind of take the average of those. But the point is, if you get – you do your market research, and there's 10 companies that can do this, and seven out of the 10 say, I can't turn around a proposal. For, well, they're not going to say I can't. They're going to say I would prefer not to <laughs> turn around a proposal in anything less than, th than 45 days. Well, that tells you that if you want really strong, detailed proposals that answer all of the items that you want and are easy to read, easy to compare, all that kind of stuff, give them the extra two weeks. And again, this is the stuff I didn't do as well as a contracting officer. Yep. I had a few moments where I did this extremely well, but it was later in my career when I was <laughs> figuring out what, what didn't work. And so this is a, a great opportunity to just ask. And these are the kind of questions that they're easy to ask. Just post it out on FBO and say, Hey, tell me what, tell me what you think. And they'll send you an email. <laughs> you don't don't yep. make an RFI out of it. Just ask them and you'll get an email and you can use that to, to help you make uh, an informed decision on how much time you should give them. So why should the government care about getting the time right? So if you give industry too little time to prepare a proposal, you may get a lower quality proposal because they literally don't have the time to put the, the everything you've asked for together in a way that makes sense. And the bigger issue for me is that they're, you're, you're guessing. 
if they don't have enough time to figure out what's really in the RFP, and again, I've seen this from both sides now, is that they'll just keep going and go, well, well I think they meant this. And if, if you'd have the RFI process, the market research process, the, the Q&A process, they're not guessing as much. But the faster they're having to run, the more likely they are to guess. Yep. And then you get into claims of favoritism of, oh, well, this company, they knew the requirement. You're, you know, this is, this favors the incumbent, you know, all that. So all that drama that comes with that. Yeah. If you and only then, give 10 days, if, it, if, if industry thinks it's going to take 30 days to build a proposal, but there's one guy that can write it in 10 days because he already has it, has it greased and you only give 10 days to prepare a proposal, you're, you're, you're hurting yourself as a, as a uh, acquisition office. Yeah. And, and you're just, you're, you're, again, I didn't. I keep saying this. I didn't see that as clearly as I do now. Yeah. And then let's zoom out for a second and think, you know, the, the whole concept of, of why we do the podcast and make government contracting better, right? This is one of those things that the faster they have to run, and this is kind of shooting myself in the foot, but the more consultants are going to have to hire to fill the gaps, which means <laughs> now they're driving up their costs. Those costs at, at large are rolled into what it costs to run this overall ac- government acquisition process, right? Yeah. And, so, and plus you're killing people. If, if, if you yeah. give people 15 or let's say 30 days to write a proposal that takes 45 days to write, they're still going to put in 45 days worth of time, whether it's, it's all nighters by the smaller team, or like you're saying, adding consultants to it to beef up the team. But this is a plea from, from, industry is is have mercy contracting officers you you can kill people if if you give them too little time to prepare it so then there's the other extreme because we love to it's all about it's all about balancing tension you're never going to have a perfect answer you're going to understand where are both extremes and how do we fit between those so here's the other extreme is too much time means that you're well first the obvious one is it's unnecessary delays to your acquisition schedule so if you give them i don't know two months to respond now you're in theory, for the most part, a lot of the acquisition team is waiting for those proposals to come in. And so you're, you're delaying the amount of time it takes. It also, just like we talked about with the, with the, the too little time, it can also add costs to the proposal. It's just like you said, they'll use every second you give them. And right. you listen to some of the previous podcasts that we talked about. As a contracting officer, I used to think I was doing people a favor by, hey, I got the RFP out the day before Thanksgiving, but I gave you an extra three days at the end, thinking that you were just going to start on the Monday after Thanksgiving and you, you don't, you work right. <laughs> no, <Thanksgiving>. right. <laughs> Particularly if it's day one, they want to get a head start. The longer you leave that RFP out there, the more proposals you're going to get because, and you'll like this, more people will stumble upon the RFP. I, <laughs> I kid you not. It will literally, cause there, there are all kinds of search engine algorithms and news and you know, they get, they get, they sign up for their search tools. Right. And they get all these RFP opportunities every day. And the longer it's out there, the more people get that notice and go, Hey, we can do that. Hey, we can do that. And, <laughs> I, I suspect most of the contracting officers listening to this have gotten contra- gotten proposals from companies that you're looking at it saying, you must have just stumbled upon this on, on FBO because you don't even know my agency. Yeah. That's so, what we always talk about. You want, you want enough, uh, just enough proposals to maximize competition and no more than that, <laughs> not too many. And the longer that, that you give people to prepare an RFP, the more of those too many's that you're going to get. If we're talking to, we say as a contracting officer, if we're talking to industry during the RFI stage and ask them how many days, how many days do you need to turn this proposal? All the people that are involved at that point, they aren't the ones that are going to stumble upon it on day <laughs> right. six. So if you've, if you've got enough competition, you know, target your competition, get those good companies that you know can do it. You want them to compete for the work, not some six or seven <laughs> companies. That come across it. So 
the way you help get this right is do you spend the time wisely in the market research zone and in your RF the RFIs and draft RPs. And we talked about that like in episode 13 in market research zone and episode eight, where we got into RFIs, you get the information from the industry about how much time they're going to need. And that helps you get it as close as possible to the, the right amount of time. So let's move on. Why does industry care about the time that's given to them for proposals? And we already talked about this a little bit from the industry side, too little time to write a proposal for the amount of information that was requested in the RFP leads to Herculean efforts, nights, weekends, holidays, to get the proposal written completely, to respond completely to the RFP. Nights, weekends, holidays, what that leads to is lower quality proposals, errors in the proposals, incomplete proposals, because people are brain dead when that's happening. The cost of, of the, this extra time. It's not just, it's not just a cost in building proposal, but it's, it's real, real cost as in people's lives when they're missing kids' birthdays and holidays and and stuff like that. It's, it's more than, than just the dollar cost. It's, it's the, the human cost of, of too little time. And the other part of this is that it creates tunnel vision where they're so focused on one thing because they got to get it done in say 10 days. What else aren't they working on? And so Again, as a contracting officer, you probably don't care about that. You should, but we'll debate that later. But as industry, you do. Think about that. That's why it's so important to target your opportunities because if you take yourself off the grid and focus on one proposal for 10 days, what aren't you doing? What opportunity costs are you giving up? And and I I like this concept of tunnel vision because we've all done that. You're so focused on one thing. It's the whole – the analogy one of my friends uses is are we squishing ants while elephants are running by? And it's easy to do that when you get sucked into one of these proposals, especially if it's a, a red herring that you shouldn't be chasing. But right. It's different. <laughs> so the opposite, too much time. Why does industry care about getting too much time is because, like we already mentioned, industry will use all of the time given to them to write a proposal, whether they need it or not. And that that means they're they're going to spend more on it. It's It's just hard to stop tinkering with a proposal. It, it really is. And, and, you might say, as as a contracting officer, that's their choice if they want to spend too much time doing it. Yeah, it, it is their choice. It's a horrible choice, but it happens all the time. We think we have self-control, but it's impossible not to, to want to make the proposal just a little better. This goes back to it's better to have that time up front before the RFP comes out. Because the that upfront time, you and I footstop that all day long. But this is another one of those times that it shows up. If you can spend that time up front, shift that time to the to if you're going to give them 45 days because you think they need to mull it over, give them those two weeks during a draft RFP to mull it over. Because yeah. during the draft RFP, they can ask you more questions. It's much it, the communication is more open. It's not as stifled. Like for example, during draft RFP stage, you don't actually have to publicly answer every question. Whereas during the you're creating work for yourself by pushing those questions off to the RFP stage because now every question they answer or ask, sorry, every question they ask. You have to answer on FBO, which you know, you're, you're creating effort. Right. So think about those kind of things. So there is a slight chance, and I will say this, that if you give industry too much time, there is a slight chance that you might just get really, really, really good proposals out of it. But it's a slight chance. It, it, yeah, and I, I would say there's a diminishing law of returns. So <laughs> the, the, extra, the extra two weeks you give them between 30 and 45 days, you're not going to get a 50% better proposal. You may get a 10% better. Yep. So – from the industry side, how do you avoid getting wrapped up in a in a 
competition that where you're going to have too much time. That that's about targeting your opportunities carefully and make sure that you're proposing in your weight class, you know what you're signing up for ahead of time. And if you, if you are having that pre-RFP communication at you'll, you will understand those things and you can actually help shape how long the government gives you to prepare proposals. Well said. That's it for this episode. You can help us make government contracting better one contract at a time by telling a friend about the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you.